0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey there. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Welcome in. Lots to do on this Saturday afternoon. Of course, the number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I got that one right. Uh, if we do nothing else today, we got the phone number right. Well, You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer on TikTok at Old Man Radio, but most importantly, right here on your radio until 6 o'clock tonight. So it's three big hours, and man, we got lots of stuff to do. We got the NBA Finals essentially ending last night, no matter what anybody wants to tell you. Uh, We got uh, football stuff to talk about with the Jets and the Giants. We got a lot to focus on with the baseball, and rightfully so. And I guess that's where we'll jump off with uh, the, the week that has been. For the Yankees and for your New York Mets. When you've had a week, like the Mets have had here the past week, and it's been a week, man. Whoo, it's been a week. It sparks a reaction. Because the Mets, just when when you start to think, well, you know what? Highest payroll in the sport, 101 wins a year ago. At some point, they're going to start to figure things out. Every time they take a couple of steps forward, they take a couple of steps back. Some mediocre baseball. And the Mets have remedied your complaints about being a 500 team by having one of the worst weeks you could possibly have. They follow up getting swept by the Blue Jays with a trip to Atlanta. And it really is hard to imagine how that trip to Atlanta could have gone worse. You get swept your two big aces, who are basically making a hundred million dollars, give up ten runs and in eight innings. You blow leads every single day, and oh yeah, to just kind of throw a little cherry on top of the Sunday that you got served. Your best player is probably out for a month. Other than that, though, eh, not so bad. Not so bad. See some positives, right? Like Buck Showalter. You see some positives. You're proud. You're proud of the team. They didn't lose by a hundred. They had leads at one point. Yes, they lost those leads, but they still had those leads. It's like the Seinfeld. You don't know how to take the reservation. You just not know how to hold the reservation. That really is the most important part of the reservation, much like the lead. Not just the getting of the lead. It's the holding of the lead. So then you figure, all right, look, you go to Atlanta. You get embarrassed. You get swept. That's nothing new. But that's rock bottom. If you're going to turn things around... This is the time when the going gets tough, the tough get going. So the Mets got going to Pittsburgh last night to open a series against the Pirates. And just when you think you've hit rock bottom, somehow the Mets are able to grab that little, you know, the little shovels that the kids play with at the beach, a little yellow shovel. And they just are able to dig just a little bit more sand, just a little bit more, a few more grains just to get a little bit lower than they've already been. You give up two touchdowns to the Pirates. So there's a lot to digest. There's a lot of blame going around, a lot of finger pointing, right? And certainly want to hear from you at 1-800-919-ESPN. Steve Cohen, right? He's the owner. He's the guy, Mr. Moneybags. It's all going to be different now because Steve Cohen is running the show. So a lot of people want to point the finger there. People pointing the finger at Buck Showalter and, and how could you not after some of the comments that he made uh, after the, the the Brave series. It makes me wonder, maybe he intentionally, maybe he's playing 3D chess in a way that he is, he's saying ridiculous things so people focus on him rather than on the team. I don't know. Billy Epler, everybody's favorite GM. You know, it's amazing with the run of some really bad GMs, you know, you'd figure after what we've gone through over, the you know, like the last decade or so with bad GMs running teams, it's going to be a long time before we're looking for any new nominees for bad GMs. And no, 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 no. Billy Epler say, no, no, don't forget about me. Hold my beer. So people are blaming the GM, the manager, the owner, the players themselves. Well, first things first. And I brought this up with Larry the other night on the ESPN New York show. When it comes to Steve Cohen, I never again want to hear how Steve Cohen is the new George Steinbrenner. Let's scratch that one from the go-to's when we're talking about Steve Cohen. Never again do I want to hear that Steve Cohen is somehow some new George Steinbrenner. Never. For days, I have heard everyone, well, we got to do something. Got to do something. People's direction of what they want to do might be different but so far Mets haven't done anything and if you read the piece that uh Steve Cohen did with the New York Post doesn't seem like they're gonna do anything no rush no need to panic no need to do something drastic we just gotta keep on keep it on So for anybody who has ever said that Steve Cohen is the new George Steinbrenner, you can scratch that one out because I can tell you right now that if George were still alive, as people continue to bring up on on the different shows, the idea that you got to do something, that would not be a problem. Something would have already been done. If the Yankees, under George, had just lost seven games in a row, including an embarrassing sweep by the team that they're supposed to be better than, somebody somewhere would have paid the the assistant uh, video manager somebody would have paid the price and i'm not one to tell you because i actually remember it i lived through the george years it was not all wine and roses with george george was an unhinged lunatic every single year even when the team wasn't that bad managers getting fired gm's getting fired. so that's not always the right approach but I just don't want to ever hear that comparison again that Steve Cohen is the new George Steinbrenner. Because that is absolute silliness. Especially for a guy who, uh, until the the article with the Post, is has kind of gone radio silence. Did he get, like, locked out of his Twitter account? Because he he's very active with that Twitter account when things are good. But, like, the last uh, couple of weeks, radio silence. Just spending money in Major League Baseball, as an owner, does not make you George Steinbrenner. Spending money, a whole bunch of money poorly, that makes you Artie Moreno, not George Steinbrenner. So let's scratch that one for, for, for from now until the end of the world. Now, I do want to give some some perspective, I think, because it's all doom and gloom. Well, when you've lost seven in a row and get embarrassed by the Braves, that, that's what's going to win out. Right, of course. But I do think that it's important to keep in mind that can we have, is there anything anymore in life that we can have just a little perspective, just a smidge, just a skosh of perspective? Because as bad as the Mets have played, as bad as the team looks, as embarrassing as a performance as you had in Atlanta, it is June 10th. I know the frustration of being a fan, the automatic go-to is the season's over, the division's over. Have you ever seen a baseball season before? Has anybody ever seen a baseball season before? At this point last season, trust me, as bad as the Mets look right now, the Phillies looked that bad. At this point last year, the Phillies were 29 and 29 and improved to 29 and 20. They started 22 and 29. Now, they did not just sit idly by and say Maybe tomorrow it will be... Maybe the baseball fairy will come and wave his magic wand and fix all the problems of the team. No, they actually went out and fired Joe Girardi and, and uh, they, they went on a little bit of a winning streak. They got over five hundred. At the end of the day, they got to the World Series. Didn't win the World Series, but they got to the World Series. And that's not like, uh, that's not like the one example that you can find. Two years ago, the Braves won the World Series. And at this point of the season were 29 and 32, would not get over 500 until August 6th. That was the first time the entire season they were over 500. Four years ago, the Nationals were 31 and 35. They won the World Series. So no, the season is not over. The division is not over, but you gotta do something. Again, you can't hope to just wake up one day and hope that everything will be fixed. Very rarely, In the the World Series video or the end of season video for a team that struggled early on, is there somebody say, you know what? The key to the turnaround was not doing anything. No, generally, you got to actually do something to change the results. So we'll get into the the macro, or excuse me, we'll get into the micro of this thing that's wrong and that thing that's wrong because there's a lot of micro things that are wrong. But in terms of the big picture, The thing that jumps out to me, and again, I'm not a Mets fan. Certainly want to hear from the Mets fans at 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. You got about an hour before first pitch against the Pirates. Who knows? Can't go any worse than yesterday, right? But the thing that jumps out to me about this Mets team, and maybe I'm way off base because I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of the team. But the thing that jumps out is it really does seem like this group for whatever reason, is soft. And that's like the worst thing you want to be associated with your team, mentally soft. Because look at the way the last year and plus has gone. When they're front runner, when things are going well, hey, they're great. Last year, perfect example. But when the rubber hits the road, man, and when the pressure hits, this melts, This Mets team melts down. That's what the, the history has showed you. Last year, you race out to the big lead, 10 and a half games, division's over. But slowly, of course, Atlanta catches fire, catches up. And then you get to the end of the year, and all the Mets have to do going into Atlanta is win a game. That's it. They had the tiebreaker, win one game. And what happened? They got swept. Meltdown. And then the wild card game, or the wild card series, you lose the first game right away. You're able to win the second game. All these games are at home. You have the deciding game at home. And how did the, how under the bright lights, the pressure? How did the Mets do? They got one hit. They were spiraling so bad the manager had to go check the pitcher's ears. Remember? Not great. <laughs> not a great. Not one you're going to save for the history books. In fact, when and if the Mets ever do win a World Series and you, you automatically think back, man, all the, the tough times that we've had to go through as Mets fans, however old you are, I would think, hey, remember that time in the wild card series? Buck had to check the, uh, the, uh, the pitcher's ears to see if we, just something to get us jump started because we got one hit. So last year, in the biggest of moments, the Mets melted down. This year, fast forward this year. And what was, what was the talk coming into this year? Were there expectations to be, well, they're going to be a good team? No. The expectations were super high. World Series expectations. When you're spending the amount of money that Steve Cohen is spending, when the gap between one and two is as great, I would think, greater than it's ever been in the history of the sport, you're going to have World Series expectations. And how has that gone? Even with the holes on the roster, is there anyone anywhere who can make the case that the team is living up to even what their, whatever their limitations are, that they're even living up to that level of performance? Of course not. So it just comes across to me as the Mets might be a a soft team. And that's never something you want to associate with your team. But the evidence kind of speaks that way. And it's interesting because I know the other day Mets end up getting swept by the Braves and Buck Showalter comes out and has the comments that he had about, you know, that he's proud of them and people are trying to interpret. What does he mean by that? As I said, maybe he's playing like 3D chess where he's saying ridiculous things to so the focus will be on him rather than on his players. Couldn't it just be that he knows what his team kind of is and knows what might work and what won't? He can't go down the road of like a Mike Malone questioning his team's effort because Mike Malone knows his guys are tough enough that those comments won't make them melt down. It will put the pressure on them to perform better. Maybe Buck knows, he's been around the block a time or two. You hired him because of his experience in the job and kind of knowing what kind of teams he has and what kind of team he doesn't have. So maybe the fact that that's the tact that he took publicly, saying that he's proud of them, is because he knows that if he puts more pressure on them than they're already feeling already, things might not get any better. And hard to believe it's possible, might actually get worse. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 So coming up, we'll get into the Mets a little bit, where the problems are. Where the fixes are, because you can't just. I know as fans, you're like the season's over, the division's over. Steve Cohen is spending like four hundred million dollars on this mess. I don't think that you can just wipe your hands and be all right. I'm out. Like the uh, like the blackjack dealer in Casino when uh, Joe Pesci wasn't following the rule. I'm out. No, you can't do that. You gotta you gotta figure out a solution here. So coming up. We gave you the problems. Next up, we'll give you the solutions. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN, New York. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, 1-800-919-3776. Back on a Saturday, 5 o'clock, of course, we'll have what I learned this week on TikTok. Oh, and I had off last week, so two full weeks of deep diving on the TikTok app to find out interesting but yet completely useless information, so we'll do that Uh, coming up at uh, 5 o'clock. But we're talking some Mets, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. And, uh, look, I'm looking for suggestions. I've not heard anything good in terms of uh, how to fix this. I've heard a lot of complaining. There's lots of complaining about uh, Buck Showalter, about Billy Epler, about Steve Cohen, about the individual players, about uh, our pal, the patron saint of complaints, Daniel Vogelbach. Lots of complaining, but I have not heard any solutions. So everybody out there who's complaining, this is your chance. Here, where are the solutions? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. We'll go out to uh, Ron is a new city. Ron, first up on the Gordon Damer Show.
1: Hey, Gordon, how you doing
0: today? I'm good, Ron. What's going on, pal?
1: No, I just, um, you know, I was just looking back at the Alonzo thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess Morton sort of was thrown in, trying to, you know, brush him back, whatever the heck he was doing, and he— Pete's out for four weeks, and I'm just wondering, like, why has Pete got to be chirping after he hits a home run? You know, he puts a target on his back. Um, I'm not trying to blame him for getting hit, but if he doesn't chirp, maybe, you know, maybe this doesn't happen. And he's the best-met player, so I don't know. Yeah, I I
0: hear you. Um, Look, Um, uh, it does kind of tie into the idea, and Ron, thanks for the phone call, of kind of front runners, right? When things are going well... Lots to say. But I don't even know if that's just a Met thing. I think that's just a society. The idea of walk softly and carry a big stick seems to be a forgotten phrase. Uh, it now seems like if you're not just drawing attention to yourself anytime you do something good, uh, people are worried that nobody's going to notice. So I don't know that that's just a Pete Alonso thing, but yeah. I... As, um, just from my mindset, I, I don't like that, uh, you know, trying to show people up and all that type of stuff. But that is that is modern day. So I don't know that that necessarily meant that that's the reason why I think the home run is probably the reason they're brushing him back and uh, making sure that he doesn't. Because, uh, again, what is the point? And I brought this up repeatedly what is the point of P- pitching to Pete Alonso in that MET lineup when he's getting followed up by uh, Daniel Vogelback most of the time hitting behind him? So, look, lots of talk about why the Mets have been as bad as they've been. And when you're talking about the complaints, there's lots of contenders. And you could point out just about anything right now, and you would not be completely wrong. But the number one thing is, is the starting pitching has been bad. The way the Mets have drawn, and historically, the way the Mets have historically kind of drawn up their team, their franchise, is that they put a lot of stock in the starting pitching. And so far this year, the starting pitching has been bad. They have the third worst starting pitching ERA in the National League. And it's not just that they've been bad. They have exacerbated the problem of the bullpen because they can't go deep into games. 64 games, Mets starters have gone five or less in 40 of them. That's 63% of the games. And in those 40 games... Not surprisingly, the Mets are 11 and 29. 11 and 29 when their starters don't go more than five innings. And, you know, it's a, it's a starting rotation, but it's not going to be a real shock of where the blame is going to lie when, when you're talking about the Mets rotation. It's the two big money guys, Scherzer and Verlander. You could talk about the, the other issues, but here's the thing. And and as we get closer to the trade deadline, people will say if the Mets show some signs of life here, which you'd have to expect at some point, pride is going to kick in and they're going to show something. You're not going to lose every single game from now until August. But unless those two guys pitch like the aces they're expected to be, everything else is kind of, it's almost impossible to recover from that. Everything else you can kind of recover from if you don't have, 500 other fires to put out. But if those two guys aren't going to pitch – like because you're not replacing either of them in, in the rotation. If they're healthy, they're going to pitch every fifth day. And if they don't pitch significantly better than they have so far, you're screwed. You're absolutely screwed. Because neither of those guys have pitched consistently like who you're paying them to be. And both of them so far are averaging five innings of start. Now, people will say, well, you can't rely on 40-year-old guys. That was a question for for later in the season. That was a question for, all right, when they get into August and September and October, Are they at the ages that they're at, are they going to be able to withstand the rigors of a baseball season? This is supposed to be the good time. This is supposed to be the time that's not in question. October, can they hold up? Absolutely. But not now. This was supposed to be the given. And if you're questioning that already... Uh, and and your rotation that one's not fixable other parts of it is if if you're telling me that the offense is going to continue to be um, inconsistent okay fine You, you can fix individual things now there's a lot of things to fix unfortunately for the Mets you could you could basically throw a dart out a window and hit something for the Mets that's been a problem in that lineup be it McNeil who's got like two extra base hits since May Um, left field, really haven't gotten anything out of there all season. Third base has not been a whole whole bunch better. And then clearly the DH. To think that the Mets, with the highest payroll that's ever been in the sport, went into the season trotting out Daniel Vogel back and continue to do so, it's a really weird hill to die on. That you're spending this much, and, and you would think, if you're putting, like I go on that stupid TikTok app and they have all these filters where you put teams together, to think that anybody would be putting a team together in 2023 and all you need is a thumper. I need a DH to hit behind Pete Alonso and protect him in the order. And I got unlimited resources, basically. And the guy that I'm going to entrust that to is Daniel Vogelbach, is such a weird decision to start the year and it's only getting weirder as time goes on. You have to be able to find somebody. And now that Alonzo's gone, it's not really... It's it's more of a pressing thing because you have nobody there. So it's... Um, the Mets have lots of problems, and they're going to have to figure out some of these ones on their own before you even get to the trade deadline because the trade deadline... <laughs> The trade deadline is not the uh, the salve that you, uh, I think a lot of people think it might be. It's a very good chance that it doesn't fix anything because you can't fix everything. You can't replace Scherzer and Verlander, and, and maybe I'm burying the lead here. Would you really want... If these are the moves that Billy Epler has given you so far, do you really want him doing anything else? The Vogelback move was weird last year. It didn't work. And you you basically doubled down on it in an offseason where again you you had basically unlimited resources. And this is still the hill that you're willing to die on. So the Mets have to they have to do something. If it's if it's just relying on relying on the kids more, giving Vientos a better shot of being the DH, which at this point, why would you not? In the last week, I think he's gotten ten at bats. What what's the point of him being up here? I get it. He has not been good so far, but maybe uh, 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 Alvarez was not very good early on, right? takes a little while to figure things out. This is the path forward. But in terms of the offense, you could fix the offense if, if, if when you get to the trade deadline, you you can find a reliever. Everybody's going to be looking for relievers, and you can you can get those guys. But in terms of the, the, the unfixable issue, if Scherzer and Verlander aren't significantly better over the next 60 games than they've been in the first 30 ga- uh, first 60 games, the Mets are screwed. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more your phone calls. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number recapping the week that has been for the New York Mets, which is um, not gone well, not gone well. It's not uh, it's not been what they were looking for going into the season. And in fact, you'd have to hope that this is rock bottom. Because if it's not, here's the good, good news, bad news. That's what I do. I give you a good news and I'll give you the bad news. The good news is in the national and really kind of the way baseball is now, you really can't play yourself out of it in terms of, of, of a playoff spot. Like as bad the Mets, you'd have to think. They can't play any worse. Let's put it that way, right? Like they can just continue playing like they're playing. I don't think that they're gonna get worse. They've lost seven in a row, they're four games under five hundred, and they have a run differential of like minus twenty five. You would think at some point they're going to get all the teams that are below the Mets in the standings, with the exception of maybe the Cardinals, are not trying really on the season. They're not like going for it this year like the Mets are. So you would assume that at some point the Mets are going to get, and even then, as bad as they've played, as bad as they've been, they're four games out of a playoff spot with 99 games to go or 98 games to go. So you really can't play your way out of it. But somebody brought up uh, to me on uh, Twitter, Manny, um, says, uh, do you think it would be more advisable for the Mets to uh, have a fire sale reboot on the fly like the Yankees did? I guess that was, what, 2017? uh, and Oh, no, 2016? 2016. And then come back strong next year. Well, I, I would say that if the Mets... Do, the Mets have to show you something before you can expect them to to add more. Like, if you're Steve Cohen, before I'm adding any more resources to this mix, I have to see something that shows me that it's salvageable. Because, again, it doesn't really feel that way. Watching these games here the last week, it doesn't really feel salvageable. And you are locked in on some really big pieces. So the trade deadline is going to be tricky because, again... And people made this mistake last year. The trade deadline is not free agency. Steve Cohen's wallet, outside of maybe very specific instances, is not going to help you. You can't just go out and buy players. You're going to have to give up something to get something. But this idea that the Mets could be sellers at the deadline, I would simply ask, sell what? What are you selling? You're kind of locked into a lot of big pieces. What w- what would be the sellable pieces In your mind of the Mets, you're not going to be able to sell Verlander or Scherzer, which is your main problems right now. They're on the hook for $43 million. Verlander has a player. I think he's signed for two more years. I'm pretty sure Scherzer's on the hook for two more years. So unless Steve Cohen, this would be one of those examples, unless Steve Cohen is saying, well, you know what, I'll eat a ton of the money. Just give us back a prospect just to get these guys out of here. Okay, maybe. But what is that doing for you if you're the New York Mets? You not, that's, not the, the, that's just a fire sale just to get rid of guys. To be sellers at the trade deadline, for that to be a positive, you have, to be sell, you have to have good pieces to be able to deal away to get back some prospects so you can rebuild on the fly. Just getting rid of Verlander and Scherzer and eating the money, that's not going to help you. What else do the Mets have to sell? Marte, soon-to-be 35-year-old outfielder making $20 million the next two years? That's not much. McNeil, he is signed through 2026. So I I don't know like what exactly you have to weigh certain things. You have to have something that's valuable that is valuable for somebody else that's performing well to be able to get something valuable back. What do the Mets have that's valuable to trade away that they would be willing to trade away and get something valuable? So I don't think that the... um, the, the trade deadline, Mets sellers at the trade deadline makes a whole lot of sense. And again, kind of getting back to the original point, do you, real, do you want Billy Epler doing the selling? After the history he gave you last year at the trade deadline when he was buyer, from the guy who brought you the buying of Daniel Vogel back, do you want him doing the selling this off? I don't know. I don't think that that's what you want to be doing at the trade deadline. So I don't really think that that's an out for the Mets, even if they continue to perform poorly. They, they, have to, they have to figure out a way here to do something, change something. I would think rely more on the youth. Maybe that gives you a little bit of a spark. Hope that Verlander ensures that they can find something to be able to get you rolling at least somewhat here. Because if it stays like this and you don't change anything, well, then why would the results change? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, one 800 919 Anthony's in the mail truck. Anthony, next up on the Gordon Tamer Show.
1: Gordon, good afternoon. How are you doing, man?
0: I'm good, Anthony. What's going on, pal?
1: Nothing much, man. Uh, big, big to the company. So, I uh, just said uh, before about Billy Epler, um, I think it's spot on. I feel like there's not one man um, that is the reason for, let's say, you know, in this instance, the mess downfall. But to be completely honest, I feel like Buck is, you know, playing these guys, not playing the kids because I feel like, not not because he doesn't want showing, you know, uh, Steve Cohen and Billy Eppler like, hey, this is the team that you guys gave me and this is the team that you expect me to win with. They basically ran it back from last year and upgraded a catcher and their bullpen is probably bottom three in baseball. It, I mean, they have a 30, 38-year-old closer. And I just don't see how they can get better from here. I mean – they need at least two bullpen arms and they need at least two power bats. They have they have Pete Alonso that can only that's that's their only power hitter and then everyone else. I don't know. I just wanted to hear your take on Gordon. Have a great day, brother.
0: Yeah, you too, Anthony. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, look, Epler, he is uh, enemy number one, uh, and and rightfully so. He's done a poor job. He's had unlimited resources, and uh, this is the mess that you've gotten. But he's not the only person because, again, like for all the criticism that he will get from the trade deadline last year, remember, going into the trade deadline, every big name that got floated out there, it seemed like got floated somehow uh, in relation to the Mets. J.D. Martinez was one of them. There was a bunch of big names that were getting floated last, uh, prior to the trade deadline, and the Mets ended up getting none of them. And part of the reason why is because Steve Cohen did not, he wants to be like the Dodgers. He wants to hold on to the prospects, not give up the top prospects and win now which last year you'd have to say with the way things turned out and the way things have gone this year was kind of a mistake. Who knows how long it's going to be before the Mets are in that same position to be at a trade deadline and, and, and one of the teams to beat that season. Now, it's good that they didn't trade away uh, Alvarez or, or, or maybe Beatty. I mean, Beatty's been okay. He's not been lights out. Alvarez looks like he could be a real piece here, as he's expected to be. He's one of the top prospects in the entire sport. But for the criticism that, that Epler got for the, the uh, trade deadline, and, and rightfully so because those were not big-time moves for a team that was looking to uh, go into October and win the World Series, um, you'd have to say that part of that blame also, he, he did not have the resources at the trade deadline that it wasn't like shoot the locks off the wallet and go get the best piece and let's win a World Series right here and now, which at that point in time, the Mets could, if they had added to that team last year, who knows how things turn out. Who knows how things are different? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. one 800 919 Coming up, we'll continue your phone calls. We'll also get into the Yankees a little bit because, believe it or not, they got their own issues. So we'll do that next. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Got to be honest, as a Yankee fan, Watching the Mets on a nightly basis. couple of things. A, I need to take a break because I can't find memes to tweet out fast enough for the Mets. And, and the worst thing you can ever say in life is, it can't get any worse than this. Any sports fan who has been a sports fan for more than five minutes should know one phrase you never, ever, ever say is, it can't get any worse than this. Because generally, especially teams around here... They can always find a way to make it worse. There's oh, there's always ways that things can be worse. Like the the the, the Mets series against the Braves, as bad as the stuff that was on the field, you, you lose Pete Alonso, so it can always get worse. So never say that. But as a Yankee fan, I'm kind of almost interested to see if Billy. It seems like Billy Epler is going to get a chance to remain as the GM here for the season, which means that he's going to get a chance at the trade deadline. To do something. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be buying. I don't know if it's going to be selling. Maybe it's just standing pat and waiting for the time to run out on the clock. I'm not sure. I would think that you're going to have to see some signs of life from the Mets. Before you're ready to be buyers. But just because you're not buyers. As I said there before. I don't think that it means that the Mets are going to be sellers. Because again. What are they selling? What do you have that would be attractive to other teams? Other teams that are in the playoff chase. What would they say? You know what, let's get the Mets on the phone and see if they, I guess maybe David Robertson. If the Mets are going no place, maybe David Robertson would be a piece, but is that really bringing you back something major? Probably not. The Mets are not really stacked up with a lot of players that are performing well, kind of the reason why they're in the spot that they're in, and all the moves that the Mets have made here the last couple of years, the the, the reason why they've been able to land those players, basically, is because they've wildly overpaid wildly overpaid. Like the fact that Sterling Marte is going to be making $20 million for the next two years when he's going to be 35 later this year, that's I, that's how they got Sterling Marte. They got him because they just paid him way more than anybody else was going to pay him. Jeff McNeil signed through 2026. Even guys who were perform- like Brandon Nimmo, he's, he's been great this year so far, but He signed through, I think, uh, 2050. I'm pretty sure he is under contract through 2050. So out of morbid curiosity, after what Billy Epler did at last year's trade deadline, I got to be honest, I'm interested to see what he does at this year's trade deadline. Could it be worse? Again, never, ever say it can't get any worse than this. Because history will show you, oh, oh, yes, it can. Oh well, yes, it can. So that's, that's the Mets story. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. one 800 919 Then you have the Yankees. The Yankees, it's not like uh, it's, it's all uh, wine and roses over in the Bronx these days because you got the news with him, Aaron Judge, going out with the toe injury that now we're about to find out what life is like without the most valuable player in the sport. And that is what Aaron Judge is because the way the Yankees play when Aaron Judge is in the lineup and how the Yankees look when Aaron Judge is out of the lineup it's vastly different uh, it, it is he is about to he should almost win the MVP this season based on how the Yankees play while he's not in the lineup if that makes any sense because when he's not in the lineup that lineup looks like a minor league lineup and you've already saw this this year Right. They were struggling without him earlier in the year. He comes back. They win. I think they went uh, 15 and eight. They're now 30 and 19 with them. So one of the better teams in the sport with them without him so far, seven and nine. And if I don't know how long he is going to come uh, going to be out, but however long that is, if the Yankees could simply go 500 without him, I would sign for that in blood right now. Go 500 without Aaron? Absolutely. I'll take that right now and run with it. Because just take a look at the lineup. That lineup is bad. Even the guys who are good have been bad. And you almost have to kind of hope that that Giancarlo Stanton finds where Giancarlo Stanton is and, and gets hot and kind of carries you for a week or two. Now, again, we don't know how long Judge is going to be out. But the longer he is out, the more the alarm bells start to sound for this Yankee team. Because even with as well as they played since Judge has come back, I think right now they are the last—I think they're the last wildcard team. Oh, no, they moved ahead of the Astros. Okay, so they're basically tied with the Astros for the last two wildcard spots. The Blue Jays are half a game back, uh, and uh, the Mariners have not gotten hot yet but uh, have been really disappointing. So maybe there's not that other team— that could knock them out of a playoff spot. But it's not exactly like they've gotten anything locked up either. And when listening to the Yankees talk about Judge being out, Aaron Boone said at first, you know, weeks, and then said I think it was days. If it's weeks, man, the Yankees are in trouble because you take a look at that lineup, even the guys who are good, and there's not many of them, have not really been good. Rizzo has not been the same since that neck injury. Bader has been out for a while now. Um now, the difference with the Yankees is is when they get to the trade deadline, assuming they have not just completely folded up, and I would not expect for them to completely fold up, the good news is they could really pick any one of uh, a bunch of spots. And if they simply found somebody in the trade market who would be average, it would be a massive upgrade, massive upgrade. The Yankees have so many spots in their order that are like minor leaguers at this point in terms of production third base there's only six teams in baseball who have gotten worse in the entire sport who have gotten worse production at third base catcher there's only four teams and shortstop there's only three teams we've known this for a while the Yankees are overly overly reliant on the uh, the greatness of Aaron Judge and you know that when you watch Aaron Judge play he is that amazing that when you watch him play, he is the most dangerous hitter in the sport. I think he's the most valuable player in the sport. So you see that when you watch him play, but maybe the better evidence is when he's not there. And we're unfortunately, we're going to get to see that uh, on a regular basis here because he is. He, it doesn't look like he's coming back here in the next day or so. I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully, whatever uh, injection they gave him into the toe heals the toe and he... You can find somebody else's toe to use for a couple of days or something. Because if he's gone a month, uh, that's that. the season kind of hangs on that injury. That's how important of a player Aaron Judge is, especially with the rest of the lineup. And you take a look at the lineup on night-to-night basis, and, and maybe I'm just pessimistic, but I watched the game last night. You look at the, the lineup when Judge is not there, and you just wonder yourself, how are they going to score runs with this lineup? It's terrible. <laughs> it's not. It's not, oh, well, I keep hearing people say, well, you know, the Yankees, they've won some games, but they're just kind of missing, uh, uh, just a uh, tough to quantify quality in their lineup. They're just trying—they're kind of missing something that's hard to define. I can define it. It's good hitters. They're, <laughs> they're missing good hitters. That's what they're missing. They need more good hitters, and they don't have many right now. Take a look at last night. They score one run on a Josh Donaldson home run and another on a wild pitch, and that's it. And the line, I, I mean, again, wh- where, is the, where is the improvement going to come from? Well, I, I'd like to think that Glaber is going to get hot again. He has his hot and cold streaks. So hopefully he gets hot again. Um, that's one. Certainly you'd think at some point Rizzo is going to find his way after not really doing much here the last three weeks or so. Stanton always has the potential to, to run into a few. You'd have to expect that that's going to happen here at some point. Because he he's been back for a little bit now, hasn't really you know done a whole lot in terms of um, production. You know his production is pretty clear. It's going to be home runs. Uh, that's that's what you're going to get out of him, and you've not gotten that. Outside of that, where is the production coming from? IKF Bi- Billy McKinney. Uh, Cabrera, DJ LeMahieu. I mean, talk about a mistake of a contract. He has just not been the same anywhere close to the same player as when they got him, or, or excuse me, when they when they resigned him. First two years, he outperformed every expectation you could have ever hoped for. MVP votes those first two years, and due to injury, whatever the reason, he has not been the same player. So the good news for the Yankees if they can kind of again 500. That's all you can possibly hope for with the lines-ups that they are trotting out there uh, on a regular basis. But if you can get to the trade deadline, the good news is, is like if you go into the trade market and the, the Yankees, are, are you interested in uh, someone to play second base? Yeah, I could. Second base, yeah, we could use a second baseman. Yeah, we could use, we could use somebody at third base. We could use somebody in left field. We could use some production at catcher. There, there's, there's very few spots. And you know the spots because you're just getting some type of production out of those spots. It's right field, first base, center field when Bader's healthy, which is hit or miss. Glaber at second, okay, fine, when he's, when he's hot. When he's not, he's, he's, it, it's a rough watch. But the idea of the circular lineup that the Yankees used to be able to trot out there, and this was, this, this was the issue going into the offseason, and nothing was done. And shockingly, look at that. You had a problem. You didn't do anything to resolve the problem. And the problem hasn't gotten any better on its own. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? So let's all say a prayer that Aaron Judge comes back as soon as possible. Because sitting and watching Yankee games without him in this lineup and having to watch uh, the, 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 the guys that they are trotting out there, it has been an absolute rough watch. Rough watch. one 800 espn is the telephone number. one 800 Coming up. We'll get more of your phone calls involved. We'll turn our attention to the NBA Finals and some NBA stuff, some stuff with the Knicks, some stuff with the uh, Finals, with Game 5 set for Monday. Is that going to be the final game of the Finals, or are they going to extend it a little bit more? We'll get into that next. It is the Gordon Damer Show, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.